I don't advocate for everyone to have a gun. Um, I advocate for personal safety and protection. So one, starting about one, paying attention to your surroundings, being um, situationally aware, mm-hmm. um, having a non-lethal tool for protection, meaning a pepper spray, a tactical pin, um, a stun gun, you know, those aspects. There are other tools that you can also have, but also your voice is a weapon. You know, just to be able to say sometimes just saying hello, to be able to make that eye contact with someone so they know they can see you, that you're not a victim, that you are being aware of your surroundings. Hey, everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman, and this is Punk Rock HR. In each episode, we take a realistic but slightly cynical approach to fix and work, bringing you raw and honest conversations with disruptors, innovators, and even random working people like you and me with one goal to reshape the workplace as you know it. But sometimes we take a break from all that and talk about real life, like relationships and well-being and kids and animals. And along the way, we drop a few F-bombs too. Whether you're an HR professional trying to do the right thing, a leader looking to connect with their people, or just fascinated by workplace dynamics, this is your destination to fix work once and for all. On today's episode, I'm chatting with LaToya, Lady Ammo Workman. LaToya is a risk management and cybersecurity expert, but she's also the founder and CEO of a company, a mission, a movement called Woman with a Weapon. LaToya brings a special expertise to the conversation. She is a USCCA chief certified firearms instructor. She's an NRA certified instructor. And she's also a North Carolina concealed carry handgun instructor. And overall, she's just an expert and an advocate for all things personal and corporate security. And so we talk about that today, her purpose, her passion, her mission around security, around creating safe spaces, and around what she's doing to leave a legacy in this world. Punk Rock HR is a space where people can talk about fixing work, but ultimately we're here today to talk about fixing the world. And LaToya brings a really awesome and unique perspective to this conversation. So if you're interested in maybe challenging your thoughts or maybe meeting a cool woman, well, sit back and enjoy this conversation with LaToya Workman on this episode of Punk Rock HR. Hey, LaToya, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm me. so pleased you're here. You know, before we get started talking about kind of your passion and your purpose in this world and all the good stuff, why don't you tell everybody how we met? What are you doing here? So we met at the NC Tech Conference in New Bern a year or so ago, and you were the keynote speaker, and I was amazed by your presentation, and I wanted to connect with you. So I introduced myself as Latoya Workman, as a cybersecurity governance and risk manager, but also as a CEO and certified firearms instructor for Woman with a Weapon. Latoya, before we talk about your side hustle, all the things in the world that you do, your passions, your interests, I want to know a little bit more about your day job. So you work in cybersecurity and risk management. What is that job? What does it do? What do you do for a living? I help businesses protect their critical assets and to make sure that they are reducing risk and mitigating risk from different threats. And it can be cyber, it could be physical, and 
to make sure that they can comply with the regulations and the requirements that are posed to them. So I do risk mitigation, but focus on a cybersecurity perspective. So you have a STEM job. I mean, it's a very serious, very technical job. You're in a male-dominated industry, and I'm looking at you, and you are a beautiful black woman. So what's that like? I mean, you're breaking some stereotypes there. Well, thank you. So I've been in the IT industry for almost 20 years. And majority of my career, I have been either the only female or the only black woman or the only black person um, in the group that I've, I've supported. And it has been challenging, but it's also been rewarding and supportive and provided me an opportunity to show that if I can be here, other people can be here. And I've been able to show up as my authentic self in all of my places. So like you mentioned, I'm a beautiful black woman. So sometimes I'll have braids in my hair. Sometimes my hair will be out. Sometimes I'll wear a dress. I, I like to get my nails done. Um, there's different things I like to do. So I, when I show up, there's two things that I am first. One, I'm a black woman. And secondly, I'm a woman. Interesting. So, all right. So you've been, you said you've been able to show up as your authentic self at all of your positions, but sometimes you're the only person in the room. Have you had mentors along the way, people who have given you wisdom, given you guidance? No, I have not had an official mentor. I have not had a sponsorship. I have not had a mentor, an official mentor. I may have had people that provided me guidance along the way, but as far as like direct mentorship, or a sponsorship. No, I have not had that. I wish there would be more people, um, especially now, that will reach back, and um, which I would prefer and what I'm encouraging myself to do and trying to do is to be able to, to reach back and help other women get into the industry, not only for cybersecurity, but also for firearms. I wish it was. I think I would have gotten further if I've had some mentorship or some sponsorship, and I'm definitely continue to look for that because I think I'm continuing to try to grow and as something that's going to help me move forward. I do want to talk a little bit more about risk management, cybersecurity, you know, the world of STEM, the world of tech, because you brought up a really interesting point that you have not had the sponsorship, you've not had the mentorship, but yet here you are, you are a leader. You are someone who has developed a body of skills. You're an expert in what you do. How did you do that? Was it through independent study, continuing education, just by throwing yourself into projects? Like what made you get so smart in this area where honestly, very few people know this area of expertise. You've got some specific knowledge. So how'd you develop it? Thank you for saying that. Um, it's been a combination. It's been a long journey. So I've been in IT and cybersecurity almost 20 years now. So there's a combination of professional education. So I went to school and have uh, associates in computer information systems. I have a bachelor's in telecommunications. I have a master's in cybersecurity. So in addition to that, I have several certifications, IT certification, ISC squared, CISSP, ISACA, and other technical certifications to make sure that I have the understanding can be applied what I've learned in the industry, but also if I've had the opportunity to work it in different industries to make me or had gave me the ability to apply my knowledge to showcase that, like I said, I'm not just a pretty face, um, that I can actually do what I've learned to do. And I'm grateful. And additionally, I continue my continued education daily. Like I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm constantly attending conferences, like the one that we, me and you met at, uh, but other conferences and other things that make me 
learn and grow to make sure I continue to provide um, and gain knowledge along my journey. Mm. You know, one of the things that's um, often said about professional Black women is that they have to be over-educated, over-certified, over-credentialed just to keep up with like, you know, other mediocre corporate professionals. So do you feel as if it's almost required for you to be this educated? Do you feel like you have to constantly push yourself just to keep up, not even because of the industry, but just because of corporate structures? Yes and yes. Yes, we were always taught that Black women, you have to be double you have to be good in every area. So for example, yes, I have to get my certifications. There are a certification that I took in a class where there was other people that were there because of who they know and not because of certifications and they had the same experience or the same knowledge that I had. Also as an instructor, not that I had to, but just to make sure that I cover my bases, I'm NRA certified and USCCA certified. So not everyone is going to be in that realm, but I can say I have the knowledge and experience from both of those areas. So yes, I cover my bases. So as a black woman, yes, it's like with a CYA. Yeah, we do a CYA over here. Okay. So let's take a step back. Can you tell me what is Woman with a Weapon and why you started it? Woman with a Weapon was started to be a resource for women to protect themselves. We are a firearms and safety training organization. We provide training to primarily women. We also support men in the Charlotte, North Carolina metropolitan area. So you started Woman with a Weapon to be a resource for women to understand firearms, firearms safety, to have a community. But I want to know why you started it. Like what what is your interest in firearms. Like where, where does that come from? I'm very excited to talk to you about this. And I shared with a friend of mine that we were going to have this conversation. And he said, did she have some sort of traumatic experience that made her like guns? And I thought, all right, we got to break all of this down. Right. So tell me, why did you start this? Where did this passion start? How did you come upon all this? I I love that question. And we should, hopefully we have time to unpack this. Cause when I first started woman with weapon, my dad asked me the same thing. Like, like, does something happen? Like, do we do do you and my me and my your brother need to come out there? Like, are you going to be you know the postal woman? Are we going to see you on the news? So nothing, nothing happened to me. It's not a traumatic experience. I have Girl Scout. I believe in the Girl Scout models, but I was never officially a Girl Scout. I, I think it's important to be prepared. I mentioned I was a single woman, so I've never had any official training. I'm a civilian. Have not been in the military. But I have been exposed to firearms in my life. So my grandmother, and people laugh at me, um, so my grandmother was my first exposure to firearms. We grew up in Avondale, Arizona. So we had some snakes in the backyard. She had a 38 revolver. And she would carry that. She worked 3 to 11 at the Penn tennis ball plant. So she would carry her firearm with her. So that was my first exposure to firearms. Shot a BB gun, shot a rifle. But as I grew older... I lived in a metropolis area of state New York, different places where it was a little harder to get a firearm. So there's a reason why I'm woman with a weapon, not woman with a gun, because I think you should carry and you should always have some other protection. And there's always other weapons that we have naturally to us in addition to external weapons. But so no, I didn't buy a gun. I was around guns and exposed to guns. 
I lived next to a gun shop, so it was constantly a reminder. Toys in the back of my mind, thinking about a gun, but didn't have training. I carried other weapons, but didn't have proper training and didn't feel comfortable with a firearm. So that exposure, but as I continued to be around it, I felt that I needed to be in single, which I was married, but being single, I felt, okay, now I need to make sure I can properly protect myself because the world has changed, environment has changed, time has changed to want to get proper training. And then when I looked at my available resources of where I can go and get training to, there was not anyone that could relate to me or look like me. So when I went to buy a gun at a gun store here in Charlotte, I said, I want to get training. The options were three older white gentlemen that had military training. And the first thing the one guy told me when I signed up for the class is I had to wear cargo pants, had to cut my nails. And I was like, those are two things I'm not going to do because I do not want to sacrifice being a woman to protect myself. So if anything to this day, it's like I want to be a resource and say that you do not have to turn into a man to protect yourself and to be confident and carry and capable handling a firearm. And you should not be scared of them because you are a woman. And I think they were limiting the options and what they they were telling women. And I was completely baffled by what I was told. There was some safety associated with that, but I am flabbergasted, but you know, you being told that you have to wear something or cut your nails is very similar to men in corporate America and their ideas about how women should show up as well. So I see a lot of parallels there. Can you help me with those parallels? Have you experienced those parallels firsthand in your job? Not unless it's firsthand in my job. Like I will say I've been very fortunate to be in the groups that I have been in organizations I have been. And ironically, in the male-dominated environment, that's why I said I'm grateful to be able to say I've showed up as my authentic self because I worked in a data center where I literally had a rack and stack servers. But there were some days I told them I'm not doing that because I'm wearing a dress and heels today. So take it. Today I'm answering phones. Tomorrow I'll come in with some pants and I'll rack and stack. Today I'm not doing that. Now I am learning and more embracing that. Um, there are some times where I felt that a guy could say something where he could say anything that he wanted as long as he said it with a smile. But I had to say it. I had to justify it. So it's like, mm, like he, he, no, that's, mm-mm. So I'm, but I am, when it goes back to me being, or us, or black women, I'm saying just me in particular. I can't say I don't want to stereotype anyone. Um, me, myself, I make sure I double check my facts. And a lot of times me personally, I'm quiet. But when I do speak up, I know I'm right. And to your point, I'm confident. I've had training. I've had experience. So I do not have a problem staying in a room, a male-dominated room, and asking a question or raising my hand and saying, what about this? What about the women? What about this? Or have you considered this? Because I think I personally don't have any children and. I think when I say security is my life, security is what I do. I think security is part of my legacy. So woman with a weapon is part of my legacy. So I want to change the culture, change the perspective, not only in my community, but amongst women and give them the confidence that they can carry. They can understand they have to be intimidated by not only firearms, but 
Just think about safety in general. Well, there's uh, so much in all of this to talk about. I think we, you know, we address the fact that you did not have a traumatic experience. Safety is your legacy. You're passionate about it. And also weapon doesn't mean just gun. It can mean a mag light flashlight, right? Your voice is a weapon, your voice, your eyes, just how you conduct yourself. So situational awareness. So even like during the holidays right now, people are taking vacations and your people, my friends are traveling and posting. I personally don't post anything until after I come home. I mean, I don't give, there are certain things that when I say security is my life, thinking about multi-factor authentication, where I shop, websites I browse, social media is a big one, especially we're trying to protect ourselves. If you're you paying attention on your phone, there's so many tips when you talk about security It's physical security, your house, your cameras, deterrence, pepper sprays, you know, layers to defense. I mean, there's so many things that we can talk about. So when I think about the layers of security, I'm so glad you brought this up. Uh, There's also, when I decided to invite you on as a guest, there were so many individuals who asked the question of why does it have to be a gun? And I'm so glad that we're not hyper-focused on specifically the gun. Although I think to be fair, the gun is part of the arsenal, right? When you think about protecting yourself and when you think about security. So when you work with women who want to live more secure lives, how do you, how do you engage with them? Where does the coaching begin? Does it start with weapons training or does it start with the other things around them? Because I say security is my life and I started as a security professional before I was a firearm instructor. So I relate that to my everyday life. So I started about defense and death. And defense and death is a strategy that you have to employ not only in the corporate life, but in your personal life. So your gun, especially as we talk about, I I train specifically in North Carolina. So we do and we speak about the laws of deadly force. And I emphasize that your gun should be a last resort. That's why you have to layer your defense because you have to be able to get to your weapon to be able to protect yourself. That may, if it's not a firearm, because I don't also advocate that everyone should have a firearm every time. You know what I'm saying? There's also mental health considerations associated with this. There's also, you know, personal safety considerations, who you have in your household and all of that. So I don't advocate for everyone to have a gun. Um, I advocate for personal safety and protection. So one, starting about one, paying attention to your surroundings, being um, situationally aware, having a non-lethal tool for protection, meaning a pepper spray, tactical pin, uh, stun gun, you know, those aspects. There are other tools that you can also have, but also your voice is a weapon, you know, just to be able to say sometimes just saying hello, to be able to make that eye contact with someone so they know they can see you, that you're not a victim, that you are being aware of your surroundings. So that is a weapon. And then all of that goes into, you know, you also you being conscious and us having and listening to that inner voice that we have as women. So if you feel something and you feel that you need to cross the street or you're not comfortable, then do that. Don't hesitate. Don't put yourself in a situation that you do not have to be in because you think that you are, you're overconfident because you have a tool or a weapon. So there are things that we have to do just to relate this back to cybersecurity, you may have a firewall, you may have a surveillance camera, you may have an alarm system, but that's a deterrent. That's not necessarily going to stop somebody from approaching. So what are you going to do? So as people, 
Um, so you should have an alarm system at home and cameras. Be cognizant as you approach in and out of your house. Like be att- be attentive to your surroundings. There are so many things that same thing happen. You're coming out of your job. If you so there's so many things that you can take consideration that are parallels to and what I do for by day and by night. You know, I think about that um, because I have some friends in cybersecurity and they often talk about how the biggest threat to uh, corporate security comes from internal employees. And I also think about some of the biggest threats to women come from people we know, people around us. So uh, do you agree with that parallel? Do you agree with that analogy? Do you see some truth in that? I do. And I also think we have to expand that because these days it may not be who you know directly. If you if your page is public, they may know you, but you may not know them. So they feel that they know you. You don't realize who's knowing you. And that goes back to my point about posting things when you're away, being careful about who your page is exposed to. I mean, if that's your brand and you're public, just be conscious about what you are publishing because just because you don't know someone, that doesn't mean they don't feel that they know you. God, that is so um, relevant to my life, particularly. You know, I think one of the uh, reasons why I gravitated to you, LaToya, is because my interest in firearms starts at a very early age. My mother is a retired Chicago police officer. So I grew up around guns, but for the most part, it was like, you're going to keep your hands off of this. You're, there's no way we're going to have an accident in this house. We're not going to be a statistic, right? So there was a little bit of the fear of God, like, I'll beat you before you get your hands on my gun, you know? <laughs> so, but there were a lot of firearms, a lot of weapons in my home, you know, and that's why I understand the value of a Maglite flashlight because I have actually heard stories of my mother using that as a weapon versus using her gun. But Particularly being a semi-public figure that I am, I think it just became really important for me to learn how to protect myself in a lot of different ways. I've had people reach out to me both surprisingly and also inappropriately. And your point around be careful about what you post, you don't know who knows you, I think is really prescient. And I didn't quite realize that I had an imprint on society the way I did until I started hearing about how people felt attached to me. And so I think that speaks to me, but it's not just me as Lori Rudiman. It could be me as a woman, right? I mean, if you're out there, people could watch you. And I also think that's interesting as an employee as well, because you could be at a conference wearing a name badge, right? Social, social engineering is real. Yeah. Tell me more like, about it that. It is real. So, so when, I, when I talk in my classes, one of the things that I use, so I'll, I'll tell a story. And I'll mention that social engineering is something that I do because it's part of my day job. So sometimes I, and because this is a new space and a new place, I may do things that may not be, I'm going to find out what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So um, I've had certain situations where I may not have, should have brought something in, but either I said something to the person or I, you know, I was able to social engineer my way in there. So I'm in a facility or a venue with pepper spray or possibly a firearm that I shouldn't be in, but I was able to social engineer my way into that facility. So not something that I encourage people to do, but because of the nature of what I do, 
I'm curious. Like sometimes I'm curious. I'm like, well, let's see what's going to happen. Either they're going to take, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not trying to do something. I'm going to get arrested. But I mean, there's been times where I've, I take my pepper spray somewhere. I'm like, okay, oh man, we can't have it. I'm like, well, can I have it back? Can you put it in my purse? Can you keep it behind the counter? You know what I mean? Like, what are my options? Or like, can I have been able to get on a plane with, you know what I'm saying? A coupon, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's different places and different things that place things happen differently. But I do test those limits sometimes, like good or bad. So, but I, cause I, I want to know, like, what should, what should I tell someone? Like she, you know, I know it says this, but there's some, are people actually checking for this? So Latoya, I want to know when uh, you talk about women with a weapon, what do you want people to know about your community, your movement? Uh, what's its purpose? What's its intention? And what are you trying to do with uh, all of your time and energy in woman with a weapon? So woman with a weapon, my mission is to empower women and educate women to protect themselves. And on top of that, to change the perspective of firearms in our community. Because a lot of times it's looked at as a negative connotation. And when I look at firearms, firearms is shooting is a sport. It's in the Olympics. It is a hobby. It is a sport for as far as shooting. It is relaxing. It's a stress reliever. And there are a lot of things, and I would like to be able to train women to be able to educate their families and possibly have a student in the future be sponsored by a firearms organization like Glock or SIG or something like that. So that's one of my biggest goals. If I can have a student in the Olympics that was like be my biggest goal about shooting firearms. So if I can have see a black young woman in the Olympics or shooting or in competition shooting on the top level, that's what I would like to see. You know, it's interesting that you bring about this image of elite shooting, right? And a black woman, because I think when um, society thinks about black women and guns, there's one picture and the picture that you just painted is a picture that is not top of mind for many people. So I am interested in this conversation around educating professional black women with firearms. Like, why is that so important to you? Why is that uh, part of your passion and part of your purpose? Well, I think access has a lot to do with where we are in a society. And I think women and black women have been limited to what they've had access to and their resources. So when I go and I look at competition shooting and who's sponsored by all these firearms manufacturers, they're not people that look like me. So my goal, I want to see just like kids want to see Barack as president. They need to inspire to see someone that looks like them to be able to do it. And if no one else, why not me to inspire that and hope that on? Like I mentioned, I don't have children, so I think this is my legacy to be able to provide that, to be able to share that and to be able to change that dynamic in our community. So I, I really want to see that. So Glock, Sig, Taurus, we're here. We're here. They don't realize it, but we are the largest demographic when it comes to firearms over the last five years in America. Black women are. so Really? And what do you attribute that to? I attribute that to society. I attribute that to access. I attribute that to resources. I contribute that just to the change in the world, you know, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of single women out here and they have to be able to protect themselves. And 
they they need that knowledge and that resource. But mentions um, IT, cybersecurity, and firearms has not been focused on women. And I think we need to change yeah, that. I think you're right. So when a woman wants to engage with you and is like, you know, Latoya, I'm totally down with women with weapon. Where do they get started? Like, how does this work? What's the normal kind of path for someone who raises a hand and wants to learn more? So we meet you where you are. That's the beauty of woman with a weapon. Because um, we know every woman has a unique journey. So we also we offer group classes. We also one-on-one sessions. So example, our we have a basic women's class, which is a hands-on class. And we take you from beginning to end as far as types of firearms, how to hold it, how to load it. We go through shooting fundamentals. There is a one-on-one session, depending on if you need to advance that, take additional um, sessions. Um, we also conceal carry classes. Uh, if we do private sessions, but we meet you where we are, where you are, because we want to provide a safe, comfortable learning environment, um, supportive environment for you. So when you have a woman who decides to participate just in the movement, she's like, man, I want to take classes. Do you also consult on safety in the home? Because, you know, women primarily in our society, right, are caregivers, they're caretakers, and there is an increased risk with having a firearm in the home. So how do you advise on that? And, And do you advise on that? So safety is our number one goal when we're communicating objectives in class. Because especially in North Carolina, uh, if you have a minor in the home, if you get uh, minor access to your firearm, you're you're liable in for criminal and civil liability. So we want to make sure that you're storing firearms properly and you're always practicing safe and responsible firearm practices. But we talk about gun safes. Especially I have in my own little situation, we talk about safes in the car because a lot of the cars that are guns that are out on the in the streets of North Carolina are stolen from either homes or vehicles. So we want to make sure that as responsible adults that we are always securing our firearms properly. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. And so when you talk about a woman with a weapon and you hear any criticism, and I don't know that you do, um, what what would the haters say? What would the critics say about this movement to empower women to uh, be comfortable around weapons? So what I typically hear from the haters is, well, are you going to use your gun if you actually had it? Can you get to your gun? Why do you need a gun? What's the likelihood it's going to happen to you? Who do you know that it's actually happened to? And my response to that is similar to insurance. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. In addition to that, so I teach a concealed carry class. I don't advocate everyone to carry a gun but I think it's beneficial for everyone to know how to properly handle a gun and understand the laws of self-defense. Um, Cause you can see in our society and TVs, what we call accidental shootings, even on TV sets or in the airport from TSA. So everyone should have proper understanding to recognize safe gun handling practices and non-safe practices um, so you can recognize when you can actually get out of a situation and when it's not safe for you to be there and to also know 
when you can use the laws of self-defense to protect yourself because deadly force is not just attributed to firearms. There are several different weapons that most of us will agree that we're going to protect ourselves and our families by any means necessary, and it does not come down just to using a firearm. So you need to understand the laws of deadly force in North Carolina or whatever state apply to whatever weapon that you use, not just to a firearm. So everyone should understand those principles and the laws, especially for the state that they are in. Wait, Latoya, when you say everyone, do you mean everyone, not just people who are gun enthusiasts? Do you believe everyone should understand a weapon? Everyone should understand a gun? Is that what I hear you say? I do, because I think knowledge is, is knowledge is power. So if you understood something, so a lot of things I think is, there's some things I don't speak about because I don't have the proper knowledge and education on. So if I can have some education and some understanding, I may have a different perspective on it and I may see things differently and I may be enlightened and may have a different solution than just say, Guns are guns are bad. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I do share that perspective with you that um, as long as guns are prevalent in our society, it should be required for people to take gun safety training so that they understand what to do if they come across a gun, if they see a gun being used unsafely, to understand um, what to do when you're sending your children into someone's home who may have a gun, right? You know, so how do we get past the fear to get people comfortable to be educated on this topic? I think it's knowledge and I think it's more awareness. And I think we're doing a good job. You know, social media is, is helping, but it's not because some things are, are being more promoted than others. And I think safety should be more promoted than them being in the algorithm or, you know, reducing that. So I think there's some things that are out there that should be promoted more, but I think it's knowledge and education. So a couple of weeks ago, earlier this month, I had the opportunity of going to speak to some kids at a private school here in Charlotte about firearms education. And I was blown back by how much they knew and they were already aware of, but didn't have the education of what to do if they found one and then how they reacted when they did find one. So that is my, I think we have to continue to provide education and awareness and change the stigma and not say that guns are bad. Guns aren't bad, just like pit bulls aren't bad. You know, I mean, they're trained, they're they're not inherently bad. Guns don't jump off the shelf and shoot anybody. It's what we do with them. It's how we respond. Like you mentioned, you were trained not to touch it, not to, so you didn't have incidents in the home because you were taught that. But some cultures, and I'm saying a black culture, like we may have the gun, but we may not be in training our children because we may not have had the proper training and we may not know what to tell them. And then we're assuming that they're not going to touch it because they don't think that we, that they know the gun is in the house and that's not the case. So trying to make sure that women have a resource so they can get training so they can train their children. So to me, that's my legacy. So if I can save one family or two families or someone else so that they don't pick up a gun or they report it when they see a gun to an adult and they save their life or their sibling's life, I, I did my I did yeah. my part. Yeah, you sure did. Well, LaToya, it's been super educational and just uh, really fun and fascinating to talk about this topic. I hope you feel like you've been given a space to talk about you, your brand, your passion, and get the word out. If you want people to follow you and connect with you, where should they go? 
Well, thank you, Lori. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your platform. I am Woman with a Weapon on everything. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can go to our website, womanwithaweaponclt.com. You can also find us on Google. Oh, well, the Google is the most important thing. That's where people are going to find it. (laughs) Well, LaToya, thanks again for being a guest. It's been really fun. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Punk Rock HR. Show notes and more can be found on punkrockhr.com. This episode was expertly produced by Emerald City Productions, and we would all appreciate it if you left us a five-star review. So go to wherever you stream your podcast, like Apple or Spotify or iHeartRadio, and leave that five-star review and your thoughts on the episodes themselves. Now, that's all for today, and I really hope you enjoyed it. We will catch you next time on Punk Rock HR.